welcome back to BPD Gaining a Wiser Mind. I think that this is actually our fifth episode, which is not many episodes, but I I just want to take a moment to talk about how cool it has been to have a few people, you know, become part of this community and learn more about BPD, whether you are someone trying to learn about it because you know someone with it or you're trying to learn a bit more about yourself or gain some knowledge so we're really grateful because on our instagram account we have recently hit 400 followers and we've only been going for about a month and it's really cool to see a lot of us all come together and share our stories and I've really enjoyed talking to other people in the BPD community, even those in the community that aren't diagnosed with BPD but want to learn more about it. It has been really comforting for myself and hopefully for others for us all to you know, get together and talk things out to learn more. Uh, as you know, I am not a professional so it has been good to learn and grow with others and also get insight and wisdom from professionals out there in relation to BPD. So that's just my first wee uh, thank you before we go ahead. Now, you might be thinking, what is this episode actually going to be on? So we're going to be talking about something called schemas. We did a post on our Instagram about a week ago called schemas and what they mean to those with BPD or something like that and it was just a bit of an informative post and from some feedback I got from others and some messages they asked if there could be an episode in regard to what these are a bit more of an unpacking so like I say I'm not a medical professional but the whole point of this podcast is for me to express what I've learned from therapy and what has been beneficial um, as someone with BPD firsthand for people to resonate and relate to. So we're going to get all over this. So buckle yourself in for a wild ride for the next few minutes, learning all about schemas and what these thought patterns mean. Okie dokie. So you're thinking, what even is a schema? I don't follow you on Instagram. I don't know what this is. I've never heard of it. Or maybe you have and you want to know more. So schemas are actually mental structures and they help organize and interpret information in your brain. So if you've done any psychology papers at uni or you're interested in the subject, you've probably heard about them. Even when you're a young child, your schemas develop and they are thought patterns that you know, kind of remain in your life as they go along. Um, What we're going to focus today are on maladaptive schemas. Um, If you follow Dr. Fox, who many people in the BPD community do, um, you know that he's an amazing psychologist in Texas and he specializes in BPD and he talks a lot about maladaptive patterns. If you have his workbook, there's a whole chapter on it. So, you know, looking into that, after listening to this may be beneficial so yes so maladaptive patterns are schemas that actually negatively affect your life they're dysfunctional patterns 
and they cause more harm than good pretty much so there's many maladaptive schemas that can be common in those with BPD the most common ones are abandonment mistrust and abuse social isolation emotional deprivation defectiveness and shame and subjugation okay I'm just going to go over it again abandonment mistrust and abuse social isolation emotional deprivation defectiveness and shame and subjugation now these might all just be a load of words to you right now but we will look into them you may be able to relate them to some of the symptoms of bpd but these in fact aren't symptoms but are thought patterns so let's see these schemas that i've just mentioned are often developed in childhood early childhood even you know it can be earlier than you probably can imagine Um, and they most likely develop due to one's emotional needs not being fulfilled or met as a child whether you experience physical or emotional abuse or neglect they can really you know play a role in these schemas being developed so schemas play a big role in anyone's life as you can imagine they're literally part of your brain and how you, you know, walk through your life. Um, so not only in anyone's life, but especially those with BPD. They are an internalized belief and they're often triggered in situations. Maladaptive schemas can cause unhealthy personal interpersonal relationships, which many people with BPD are probably, you know, aware of, but don't understand. And I don't know about you, but, you know... Since having a diagnosis, it's been awesome because I can get help, understand what's happening and do something about it. But sometimes before you even get to that place in therapy where things are actually making a bit of sense, you can see how impacted your relationships are becoming because of your BPD, but you have no idea how to pinpoint it. And I think me learning more about schemas and the patterns in my mind have really helped me to understand where I'm coming from and where I can go to next. So, yeah. (laughs) So, maladaptive schemas are associated with past events in our lives and then as time goes on, we actually end up repeating themselves over and over again. So, I wanted to just talk about and unpack some of the schemas that we talked about being the most common with those who have borderline personality disorder. So the first schema is abandonment, which I think almost all of us will just say, yeah, definitely to this one. Um, So the thought pattern that you have is that significant others or your FP, favorite person, will not continue to provide support for you. Eventually it will run out or eventually they will leave. Um, This black and white thinking, which we talked about, uh, I think last episode called dichotomous thinking, It is when you just have really all or nothing thinking. Um, Either someone's really going to stay and it's super good. Or suddenly, yep, everyone's leaving. I'll never let anyone in again. So when our schemas are, you know, reinforced by us believing that people are always going to leave. Like one favorite person leaves you in your life. And suddenly you're like, yep, proves my point. Everyone abandons me. It just reinforces the core belief and in that way reinforces the schema of abandonment. 
So, long story short, the abandonment schema is all around thinking that people will all eventually leave you and this is actually linked to past traumatic events. The next schema is emotional deprivation. So, it kind of just means that the normal degree of emotional support will never be met by others. People will never truly understand my emotions. I'm, I'm, I'm never going to be understood. My emotions are too big, too much, and so on and so forth. The next one I find really goes quite hand in hand with abandonment. It is one of those schemas that I really resonate with. I don't know if it's just me, but it may be you as well. This schema is the mistrust and abuse schema. It's where you're deep down always expecting others to hurt, abuse or humiliate you. They may lie. You might not trust anyone. You know, surely no one has any good intentions with me. No partner really wants to be with me. They want something else from it. Or, you know, friends don't really like me. They just want this, that, the next thing. Um... It's just total mistrust, expecting to be abused by other people. That is what the mistrust and abuse schema is. Which you can definitely imagine causes a big strain on relationships, especially intimate ones. You know, I can imagine how draining and frustrating it would be to be with someone that always expects the worst from you. You know, you're completely bad. You know, you're always going to leave me. Like, you know, you're going to humiliate me, you're going to lie, I don't trust you. You know, imagine being on the other side of that. It took me a long time to think about what it might be on the opposing person's side. And, but the thing is, what people need to understand about people with BPD, especially with this schema, mistrust and abuse, they are so almost judgmental and expecting people to do things and get mad and controlling sometimes. But really it's actually coming from such a big place of hurt and learning that they can't trust anyone or learning that people don't really love them and they just want something from them. And like I say, all these schemas are rooted from past traumatic experiences, how they developed early on in their lives. So just like anyone, I'm not excusing people with BPD. I've learned that on my healing journey that there's no excuse for the way you act but the important thing is that you understand where it comes from so you know if you are in a relationship with someone with BPD and there is a lot of mistrust it is because they have been so hurt in the past and they're just trying to understand where that hurt is coming from and the worst thing they want is to make you feel bad about it it causes such shame and guilt that's a whole nother thing the schema really plays with you so that's why I really resonate with that one um let's do the next one the next schema is the defectiveness schema so that's believing that something is inherently bad and wrong about you believing that inevitably you'll always be this horrible person whether they are internal qualities or external qualities you will always feel defective and invalid. No one will love you, no matter how hard you try. You'll never be able to show your true colors or your true self, otherwise people will leave. Just that kind of defectiveness, which also can root from past experiences. Well, most likely have rooted from past experiences. 
um, even if you were younger. And some of these things might not be as serious as you would anticipate. It might just be, you know, some consistent bullying or teasing when someone was younger about a physical attribute or even an internal quality, like being over-emotional or, you know, thinking weirdly, or weirdly, in quotation marks, um, which may seem like nothing to someone, but to someone with BPD or those original traits or biological, you know, build, that sticks with them and then plays a role in developing the schema. So I can relate to that one. I'm sure there's some people that can as well. All right, we got only one more, folks. One more. So lastly, the last one that was on this list was subjugation. Now that is a wild word. Um, but really what that means is surrendering to others. So allowing yourself to be under someone's control. You're allowing someone to dominate you, um, to take over in some ways. I, It's funny because sometimes I find people with BPD are actually the ones that take control unwillingly um, or involuntarily, I should say. But I find at different points in the relationship, at different parts of your BPD journey, you may be the one with the subjugation schema. When you allow others to control you to avoid conflict. Yep, that's the one, avoiding conflict. Um, You may have grown up in a household where you had to surrender to others or you allowed people to control you because you didn't want things to turn bad. You were passive, you did all the right things in your parents' eyes or you lived in a household where a sibling took more control over you than you could Um, and you did this to just avoid anger, defiance or abandonment. Here we go, common theme. Doing things in order to avoid abandonment. You could trudge through mud and sweat and tears and feel horrible. But if it means no one's leaving you, haha, you've won. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just kidding. But it's, yeah, I don't know. I think it's an interesting one because I feel like sometimes you totally do that or you're on the other end. Um, it's the same story you hear a lot of people and I have felt that way before people with BPD thinking like you know I'll do this to avoid them leaving me or I'll leave them first and if you're not going to leave them first I think you're quite you know you're going to relate to subjugation because you're allowing yourself to be under someone's control letting them do what they want you know surrendering your own emotions and sacrificing yourself in order to avoid conflict So, yeah, I think that's the last schema we're going to talk about before we move on. Alright, so now you might be thinking, okay, these schemas sound pretty intense. How are people coping with these? So, these coping styles to deal with schemas are loosely connected kind of to fight or flight, that term used commonly with anxiety and how people respond to situations. Um... From doing research, I've found that there's probably three typical coping styles for these schemas. So the first one is surrendering. So accepting the schema and giving in. Just giving in to what this thought pattern does, um, which actually reinforces the pattern. You emotionally neglect 
how you're feeling and just surrender to what it is that's happening and this can actually affect you and your self-worth and value and also your relationships because if you're surrendering these schemas that are negatively impacting your life will continue to do so and repeat and repeat and repeat no matter how much you want to you know convince yourself that everything's fine you know accepting and giving into it isn't a super great way to deal with it but that is one coping style the second one is avoidance so that's just totally avoiding it trying to live out like live without triggering it which is similar to the you know actual schema we talked about avoiding conflict so you're trying really hard to you know step on eggshells you're trying to tiptoe around it avoiding it you know no vulnerability means you know no conflict no hurt um, which can actually lead to things like substance abuse or compulsive distracting behaviors in order to avoid these schemas these thought patterns that you're having you know you might drink to forget a certain pain when the schema comes up or when a thought pattern occurs you try to do anything or act impulsively to avoid it so another coping style Uh, the next one is overcompensation it's like it's a coping style that seems healthy because you're fighting really hard against the schema so so hard you've got the complete opposition of what the schema is but sometimes just fighting it with no understanding or rational it just goes too far you, you might become aggressive and sensitive could take a toll on your relationships so these three coping styles surrender avoidance overcompensation so okay cool we know the coping styles from what i've told you you're probably thinking well okay cool i thought coping meant you know dealing with something and feeling a little bit better um how the heck are these coping styles going to help me no you're right it is about getting therapy or learning more about your schema so you can do something about it that is productive so schema therapy is actually one of the most um well-known and beneficial therapies for those with bpd thus far what has been researched has shown that it's rather successful so when a schema therapist starts to work with you they will most likely look into the schema modes or assign one to you this is like kind of grouping together all of this that they know to find like a single state of mind so these are known as the child the dysfunctional coping mode or the dysfunctional parent or the healthy adult so the child state of mind is like childlike feelings and behaviors they're still in that state and the next one is dysfunctional coping so they try to prevent emotional stress but end up reinforcing the schemas which was actually connected almost to the avoidance coping style um the third state of mind or schema mode is the dysfunctional parent this is actually more like having internalized and critical harsh parental voices in your mind in terms of this and the final state of mind is the healthy adult i feel like as a schema therapist that's probably the ideal mode right i don't know we should ask a schema therapist um but that is a place where they're healthy functional they can regulate the other modes and balance them out you know counteracting the negative knowing how to deal with things so healthy adult 
schema mode would be stellar like super cool um i should probably ask my schema therapist how i can do that <laughs> uh no but i i you know i'm learning and i'd love to you know tell you more about it so schema therapy so once they kind of figure out you know where you're at in terms of that the first thing that they will most likely do with you as any therapy does it digs deep back into the roots where it really hurts all oh, the past trauma being brought to the surface um, but yeah, that's obviously the most effective way to do it, although it is painful. So it's about identifying early de- development of maladaptive schemas. Where did, you know, these past events occur that are causing your current symptoms? So what past events inform your current symptoms? Yeah, so they'll do that. They'll talk through these a lot like a lot a lot and throughout the whole therapy process they'll be relating the schemas to past events to better understand you in order for you to better understand yourself and then this is where all the behavioral pattern breaking comes in and that's where you're crossing out the unhealthy coping methods and you're bringing in some good ones Um, and it's about learning how to get your core emotional needs met because obviously these emotional needs were not met at some stage um and that that's an issue (laughs) um eventually then you'll get to a point where you're becoming more independent at regulating your emotions that are affected by these yeah so as i said before about your core emotional needs being met those are things like when you're a child being valued your opinions and emotions being validated always being listened to always feeling like you had someone to go to without judgment whatsoever Having someone who loved and cared for you in any certain state. Knowing that their attention was always given. Obviously no abuse. uh, Things like that. And sometimes people didn't get all of that. And it's almost like these patients have to be reparented. I find. I read something while doing some work for this episode. And it was something about like how... When taking part in schema therapy, your therapist becomes like a surrogate parent, reparenting you in some ways. I don't know, but I thought that was interesting. So as you work with your therapist, they'll give you probably some readings to, you know, ramp up your understanding of schemas and how they relate to you, how to challenge them, where to go next. Um, activities about venting anger and challenging your negative thoughts and really overall just teach you how to make sure your emotional needs are met in a healthy way not an unhealthy one um, which we can all joke about and make memes about and have a laugh Um, because unhealthy ways are better known to us they're easier they take less effort you know why wouldn't you but um, if you're serious about your healing journey which we all should be and should love ourselves enough to do so you know you gotta get some help you've got to find some healthy coping methods so if you're listening to this right now you're on your way you're on your way a little bit doing something um small steps so anyway as i was saying schema therapy is up there with dbt dialectical behavior therapy as being one of the most effective therapies for those suffering with borderline personality disorder BPD 
is a disorder that is very, very interconnected with experiences and events that occurred in your childhood that developed, continue to develop into your adolescence when you most likely got a diagnosis. So schema therapy is pretty important, pretty helpful, pretty cool. <laughs> um, I know that when I first started doing it, I was like, huh? And then I did more research and then I actually did the readings that I was supposed to do. And I actually talked and gave relevant examples. And then the more that you do it, you're like, holy cow, wait, that happened. That happened when I was younger. And I even had that in one of my most recent sessions. Um, you know, and I was like, wait, oh, wait. And every time you're reading, you have these light bulb moments. I've read in the past that a lot of the time traumatic events, you kind of push out of your brain and you almost forget them because of the trauma they caused you. So the more you read and the more you educate yourself and the more you're learning about yourself on your healing journey and recovery, more things come to light and you have these like light bulb moments which hurt because you think about your past, but then you're like, ooh, that makes sense. So that's great. So anyway, this therapy's actually been around since the 1980s, but if we look at other therapies and, you know, psychology, that is not a long time, you know, that's not a long time at all. Um, but this far, you know, it has proved really promising. And, you know, I guess we'll find out in the long term if that's the case. But I myself, who has, you know, been witnessing it and getting that exact therapy and learning about it more and more, I can say it has been really beneficial. It really, really is. And that in combination with DBT skills, on fire, on fire, my dude. So I do hope that this has been a bit of an introduction for you, helps you understand schemas even a little bit, how they can affect your life, or a bit of an insight into what schema therapy is about. Um, yeah, I know whenever I get into these really big topics around psychological things, especially topics like this, I can probably come across a bit wordy, I, you know, it's all a bit of shambles. Um, but in some ways, I think that might be a bit more relatable. Um, just trying to figure it out. So I hope you're understanding a bit more about it, more than you did before you came into this. So I advise you to look into it, do something for yourself, find out if there's some relevant professional help out there. I know finding mental health support is ridiculously hard, which I could make a whole podcast on podcast podcast i could make a whole podcast on this the um negative uh and hard rough times that people have to go through just to get mental health and then when they get it it's usually a bit too late you know would be super cool if there was like a international requirement of everyone attending therapy holy cow imagine how good the world would be anyway so all i'm saying is i understand it's difficult to find help shouldn't be difficult um but really really if you have a mental health professional that you see or even a doctor ask them if they know of anywhere that provides schema therapy or things that are relevant to those with ppd really you gotta ask for it and stand up yourself try to find the help you need because you deserve to get better you deserve to understand your illness and to be on your way to recovery if not 
just get into it yourself. No one's saying you can't do it. Of course, it's a lot better to be informed by a professional and you know go anyway. But if you can't do that right now, you're not in a place to do that. You can't afford to do that. There's no help available. Look it up. Look for yourself. Read. You know, take part in awesome things for yourself. Okay. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent. So keep up the good work. Keep growing with me. Uh, keep talking to me on Instagram. Uh, send through messages of anything you'd like me to talk about. I've really been enjoying getting feedback and messages and even voice recordings and videos from people saying that it's helping them out. And I just love that we're all on the same journey. So let's keep growing. Let's keep gaining a wise mind. I will see you next time. Thanks for being patient with me. Goodbye.